it's for to be the Jeremy show today, but this is what we get to work with, people. Um, man, I'm glad you're here today. Um, I have a word that I want to share with you this morning. If you brought your Bibles, we're going to be in Joshua, um, the book of Joshua, uh, chapter 6. And, and I just want to share this with you this morning. And just, uh, I've been praying about this, and I've been... Um, thinking about this, and I just really believe that God is going to speak to somebody today if it's, if it's not just for myself this morning. I'm actually preaching to myself today. And so, uh, like I said a minute ago, my name is Jeremy. I'll, I'll give you some time to find Joshua 6. Uh, my name is Jeremy. I'm the student ministries pastor here. I'm also currently leading our kids ministry. And so, uh, I, I pastor everyone from cradle to college right now. And so, and I, and, and I want you to know I'm tired and so, but I'm also, I, I actually, I'm really, really enjoying this challenge. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, kids ministry is awesome. Many of you guys have told my story. I grew up doing kids ministry and being involved in kids ministry. Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, but I want you to know this, uh, speaking of a challenge, uh, kids ministry, um, is going awesome. Like really great things are happening at Kids Ministry. I don't know if anybody um, coming to our Wednesday night classes, our Wednesday night classes have been great. Tons of people are showing up. Um, lots of great things happening. Um, but Wednesday nights for Kids Ministry, for that's when our youth ministry night is as well. So we're having, Wednesday nights is fully ran by volunteers in our kids ministry. And Anna, Anna's amazing. She could actually do it all herself. Um, but um, the upstairs in the kids ministry part, uh, uh, it, it's, it's being ran by, by uh, volunteers. And, and here's my plea to you. Uh, currently, we have like, I would say like one and a half adults. Um, I'll, I'll let you guess which one's the half um, to help run uh, Wednesday nights uh, on, in our kids' ministry. Would you agree that our kids' ministry needs help? Yes. That was a low groan. <laughs> okay. Would you agree that our kids' ministry needs help? Yes. Okay. Um, so everyone who just agreed to volunteer to serve... We will have people at the doors on your way out to take your names down. Um, but listen, seriously, I want to tell you this. Um, he, he, our heart for our kids' ministry, we want to create a great, fun, spirit-filled learning environment for our children. And it's not just child care. It's not, that's not what it is. We're teaching our kids. And we're, our kids aren't, they're not dumb. They, we want them to know and to hear and experience the word of God. And so we're teaching them. We're doing our very best to teach them. And um, you are a part of could, someone who could help make that happen. And so we're not, we don't ask, we're not asking for teachers, just volunteers. Maybe sometimes, sometimes just a warm body. We need a warm body in the room. Um, so if this is you, this plea is speaking to you, catch me after church and, um, We'll, we'll talk about it, because we need you. The church needs you. We need you. So Joshua 6, um, hopefully you, you had some time to find it. If you didn't, we'll have it up on the screen uh, for you to follow along. Uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 5 this morning, and I'm just, like I said, I'm excited to, for you to share this, this message with you today. It says this, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. No one went out and no one came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, 
I have given Jericho into your hand, its king, the mighty, men, the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go around the city once. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day, you march around the city seven times. Everybody say seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat and the people shall go up every man straight before him. And then verse 10. Now Joshua had commanded the people saying, you shall not make any noise with your voice. Not shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, shout, then you shall shout. Water break. In other words, God is saying, don't say nothing until I tell you to say something. And when I tell you, you can say something, but don't say nothing until I tell you to say something. You ever do that with your kids? You just sit there and you don't say a word. Don't say nothing until I tell you you can. If you're taking notes today, and I, and I want to encourage you to do that, we tell all our students all the time that note takers are history makers, right? And, and if you don't believe me, you should see what God's doing in our student ministry. Um, but if you're note taking, here's a title for you. It's real simple. If you could work with me today, the title is Shut Up. Oh. <laughs> Honestly, we could probably close the service right now. Amen. Let's go, right? Because for some of you, the greatest blessing to your life and maybe the blessing to the people around you is for you to just shut up. Uh, For some of you in this room, your mouth has probably closed more doors or blocked more miracles for you. Your mouth and not your haters has blocked more opportunity for you. I wish someone would just, that was a bad word in my house growing up. Um, you do know that that silence can never be misquoted, right? So look at your neighbor today and say, hey, neighbor, I got a word for you. It's actually two. Shut up. Look at your other neighbor. Look at the other person on the next, other side of you. Say, neighbor, there's a time to shout. But for right now, do us a favor and shut up. That's right. Let's pray real quick because we need it. Heavenly Father, help us today. Amen. All right. Talking about shut up. It's interesting what silence will do. Um, Many of us, we avoid silence because we don't want to hear our own thoughts. And so our message today is simply shut up. Um, Is anybody in the room a competitive person? Like you're really competitive, you get really into things. Competition is fun. Like, anybody just like to lose? Good, no losers in this room that I can tell. Uh, Like, I I hate losing more than I like winning, right? Like, for instance, this summer at our youth camp, our students should have been camp champs. Can I get an amen? Right? And we should have, we, we won, you guys, listen to this. Our boys won the cleanest dorm. That's a miracle right there. 
Like God came down in the present in, in our dorm room and somehow I don't, we won the cleanest dorm. We won the basketball tournament. We won the volleyball tournament. We won many of the games, but we didn't win camp champs. We should, I was so mad. We should have won. I'm not, I'm not the kind of guy who's got like going to be yelling at everyone. I'm going to catch you on the side. And I know the game guy. And I was like, hey, listen, buddy. I know the deal. I, I know how this works. I know your kids were on this team and that had just happened to be the team that won, right? And I, I let him know. I gave him an earful. But like there are certain people I don't like to play games with because like they always win. Like I don't play card games with my mom. My mom has the ability to sit at a table and fall asleep until it's her turn. She wakes up plays her hand, goes back to sleep, and wins every time. There's nothing wrong with wanting to win. There's nothing wrong with wanting to win. Like, it, away with this idea that, that, um, that we can't have a first place and we can't have a last place, right? Away with these little brutal feelings that everyone's got to get a prize. I'm done with that. Like our, our student ministry, we're in the, actually, this is our last week of a thing we call Youth Wars. And it, like, it's been so much fun. And, um, but, but you should see, you should see, I have, we have this group text thing between all of our leaders, our volunteers. And week one, the trash talk started. The trash between all of our leaders and like, like they want to win. Like Robert and Sarah and Debbie, Denise, Maddie, Johnny, they're all getting into it, talking trash. They all want to win, but there will only be one. <laughs> See, there's Robert right there. So there's a reason that every single one of us want to win, right? We want to be victorious because we're made in the image of a victorious God. Because he's never lost a battle. Like, and, and I, I want to know who God is. And, and I want you to know that God is okay with you being great. He's okay with you being great. Um, God, he's never lost a battle. And, and, and we are made in the image of God. And so we are made to be like God, to be close to God in the image of him. So say this with me. Say, God wants me to be great. Now say it like you believe it. God wants me to be great. Mm. So let me explain. Have you ever noticed in the Bible when the disciples were following Jesus, they often had arguments about who was the greatest? Like, I'm better than you. No, I'm better than you. No, I, I cast out more demons at the last tent revival. No, like I've, I handed out the more, most fish and bread, Right? arguing about who was the greatest all throughout the gospels. And then when, when Jesus would see this going on, he never got onto them for aspiring to be great. He never rebuked them for wanting to be great. However, he would talk to them about the pathway to greatness. He would say like, like listen guys, I don't mind you wanting to be great, um, but to get to the top in my kingdom is to get down low, Right? The way to get to the top is actually to serve and go to the bottom. Kids ministry. Come on. The way to be exalted, 
to humble yourself because that's the way the kingdom works. So if you're taking notes, I want you to know this. God is often trying to show us the pathway of victory that he's already prepared for us. He's trying to remind us of the pathway and the promise that he's already told us that we can have. Let me show you, this is in the text that we read earlier in Joshua 6, verse 2. It said this, And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. Did you just read what I just read? The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand. See, only God can talk past tense about about a battle that hasn't even started yet. That should be good news to someone who's in a fight right now. Like, could you imagine being Joshua in that moment? See? See? Like, it's a big wall. Like, I see warriors. Like, and he's like, use your other eyes, Joshua. Walk by faith and not by sight. See, if you look in the natural, yes, there are walls and warriors. But if you look in the supernatural, I've already given you that city. They're just holding it for you. See, this is why I love the book of Joshua. Joshua, he's a leader who's trying to show the children of Israel how to possess what's already been promised. See, I've been reading some leadership books and and John Maxwell, he's a great author on leadership, but don't sleep on Joshua Maxwell which is actually not his last name. But like who else, who else but Joshua would be qualified to take the children of Israel into the promised land, right? Like this is a man that even before he was a leader, he was a servant. He served Moses. You remember that guy? The one who led millions of people out of slavery in Egypt? Like Joshua was right there with him, just chilling, serving Moses, See, God wants you to serve before you can ever lead. Kids ministry on Wednesday nights. That's why we say in our student ministry that saved people serve people, right? And, and we want this, like, this kingdom mindset ingrained in the heart of every believer. That's how important that it is. See, Joshua wasn't only a great servant, but homeboy could fight. Joshua, he was a gangster. Like, you know you're gangster. You know you're gangster when you pray and you ask God to make the sun stand still so you can keep fighting, right? So you can have more time to fight. And he's fighting, he's taking names, he was a bad man. But he also knew how to shut up. How do you know he knew how to shut up? Well, don't forget that Joshua was once a spy, He was a spy. Like he was one of the original 12 spies. And like, I personally have never hired spies. But if I did hire a spy, at the top of my list of spy requirements would be the ability to shut up, right? Like you cannot have a loud spy. It just, it doesn't work that way. Like I have never seen a spy movie where the spy is peeking around the corner. He's like, oh, what you doing? I see you. Joshua knew when to shut up, but he also knew when to speak up. 
Remember the story of the 12 spies. The spy went out, they went out to spy the land and, and the land that was actually already promised to them by God. They spied it out and 10 came back and says, we can't do it. We're done. We look like grasshoppers in their eyes. We can't do it. Don't you love people like that? Me neither. Like they're the kind of people that light up a room when they walk out, right? And they're like, they're the kind of people who are like, we've never done that before. I don't know if it could ever happen. Like for me personally, just to be honest with you guys, I am in a season of faith right now. I am, I am, I am, I'm believing for big things. Um, I'm needing some miracles to happen in my life. Um, let me tell you this, like two weeks ago, um, two weeks ago tomorrow, and then again on Thursday of that week, I had a kidney stone. And everyone, everyone ever have one of those? Good Lord. Um, I went to the doctor because I thought I was going to die. Um, and so like that was on Monday. I was feeling better the rest of the week. I go to Tulsa. My dad's in the hospital. He had a stroke. I think Pastor Dennis shared that with a lot of you guys last week. Go to Tulsa to visit my dad. And I wake up staying at my brother's house at two o'clock in the morning with the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. Um, finally, long, long weekend. I finally get back home. Long story short, um, Saturday night, which was really awesome, um, Connor, Claire, and Macy Jones, like they talked to me Saturday night and they're like, hey, we're gonna pray for you as a family. And I know like many of you guys were praying for me as well. I show up to church Sunday morning. I'm feeling pretty good. Like, and so, and by Sunday afternoon, I feel great. Like, and, and I'm believing by faith that this is gone, that this is done. I got a call yesterday from the urologist for an appointment for Monday. And I'm, I, I wanted to be like, nah, I'm good. But Kristen was like, you better take that. You got to go that. My wife will let me, but I'm in a season of faith. So there were 12 spies, Joshua and Caleb and the rest of the guys that nobody names their kids after. Like they, so they report back and they're like, we can't do it. We can't do it. Like, but Joshua and Caleb, they come back and they're like, hey, listen, we're more than able. We're more than capable. Like it's the land flowing with milk and honey. Like the grapes are so big, it takes two of us to carry them. Like, but, but here's the frustrating part. The leaders didn't follow their report and they end up wandering in the wilderness for 40 years and never being exposed to the land of promise. You wanna know what frustration is? It's, it's being exposed to greatness, being exposed to the promise, but having to stay around small-minded people. Like the other spies are like, well, these little grapes are pretty good. Like, no, these are stupid little grapes. Like, have you seen the promised land grapes? Like there's milk and honey over there. It's not like this 1% garbage. They got whole milk. I ain't created for 1% water milk. Praise the Lord. So for 40 years, they wasted their time walking in circles and God had to let that generation die. And it was their complaining that kept him out. And it's no wonder that when you get to Joshua 1, Moses had died and you have this young Joshua. Well, like 
80s. But he's, he's, he's a spry young guy, you know. And he's pulling everyone together and he's like, hey, listen, we can take this land. We can do this. This is the promise. We can take this land. And they started towards the promised land. And the first thing they encounter is the Jordan River. And then they took the Ark of the Covenant and they began to walk across the water and the waters began to open up. Like, you know what I didn't read in my Bible? That when they got to Jordan, I didn't read about them freaking out. You know why? It's because they had the history of the Red Sea. Like, they, they should have been nervous about crossing the Jordan, but they remembered that water is nothing for my God. And here's the challenge for Joshua. I know God can do water. But once I get through water, like, now we're four miles from Jericho. Can God do walls? See, when I, when I pull up on Jericho, scholars say that the walls are six six feet wide and 40 feet high. God, you can do water, but can you do walls? Maybe I'm preaching to myself today, but God has gotten me through water, but there are times when I come up on a wall. God, do you do walls? God, if if the city has already been given, why put a wall there? See, I'm not not trying to tell you how to God. You're a good God. But I'm saying, if you've already given me the city, why don't you remove the wall? Take the wall, God. Take the wall. And and while you're at it, take the people too. Right? The Amorites, the Canaanites, the termites. and And then make the path straight all the way to the thing that you've already promised. And and this may be a good time to remind us in this room that obstacles are inevitable. Obstacles are inevitable. Some of us think like God is like Amazon Prime. Like, and when he gives the promise, like if it doesn't come the next day, like we're getting a tracking order. Like God, well, you said here, like God, it, it should be here by now. See, the promise won't come without obstacles. Here's the tension. Is this obstacle a sign that the promise is not mine? Or is it a sign that I need to find a way around it? See, listen, I've had God close some doors in my life and then I just stood there. God, could you open that one back up? This is why when they cross the Jordan, they don't go straight to Jericho. They go to Gilgal. And I'm not going to talk about Gilgal. But I will tell you that Gilgal is the place where Joshua took a knife and circumcised all the men of war who were born in the wilderness. That was a tough day in the camp. Okay, Joshua, we just crossed the Jordan. Like, what's next? Well, guys, um, let me tell you what the Lord said. You're going to need to sit down for this one, right? Because before God gives you a conquest, I need to give you a consecration. I I need you to be set apart. So they walk upon Jericho, a a million people, a million plus people. 
and they're looking at this massive wall and then a million and one a million plus people are looking at Joshua, right? And then Joshua's like looking at God, <laughs> like, like, God, do you do walls? God was like, yeah, I do walls. Let me tell you my strategy. Here's what I want you to do. Here's the plan. I want you to get seven priests, seven rams, ram's horns, and then take, put them out front. Then I want you to take the Ark of the Covenant that represents my presence. Then I want you to walk around the circumference of the wall for six days, six times for six days. And then on the seventh day, I want you to walk around the wall seven times. Then take those seven priests with the seven ram's horns and you blow the ram's horns and then have all the people shout. And the walls will come down. Joshua, his reply to the militaristic strategy was, okay, cool. Like, like what? Seriously? Like, that's the craziest plan. That's the craziest plan. God, uh, has God ever had you do anything that's so ridiculous, that seems so ridiculous, that made no sense, that you're already, and you're already struggling, and God's like, okay, now tithe. Sometimes God will make your obedience look ridiculous. Anyone has, that has ever fought a battle with a wall knows that's not how it's done. You either tunnel under the wall, right? Or you take a ladder and you go over the wall. Or like the Battle of Troy, you build a horse and you go through the wall. Uh, and Or... You, you wait them out, right? But walking around a wall makes no sense to anybody with a militaristic mind. Well, and you may say, well, of course, Pastor Jeremy, it doesn't make sense to a military, militaristic mind because this is a spiritual battle. And I thank you for being very spiritual today. But it didn't even make sense biblically. Not in military history at this time, did the priests ever go to battle and have ram's horns? Like whenever they would go to battle, they would have silver trumpets, not ram's horns. God, like, what are you asking them to do? This makes no sense. Not, not only to walk around for seven days, like, like, don't you know, like, they're Israelites. Like, I'm cool, God, with walking for six days. But the seventh day is a Sabbath. You're, you're, you're not supposed to walk or work on the Sabbath. But don't forget what God told Joshua in the very first chapter. God commanded him over and over and over, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Why do you want me to be strong and courageous? Because I'm gonna ask you to do something that may seem so ridiculous. And sometimes that you have to do something so ridiculous to break the spirit of religion on your life. Or maybe sometimes you have to do something so ridiculous to start a revival in your home or in your school or do something so ridiculous to start a revival at your job or at your workplace or even in your own spirit. You're going to have to do something that is going to look like to others that's ridiculous. 
Shut up. Can I have Pastor Nick come back and, and just play some keys and make me sound more spiritual as we close? So here they are with their marching order orders and the soldiers. Um, the, the soldiers never got the battle plan. Joshua did. Wouldn't it have been awesome if God would have told the whole army the battle plan? But he didn't. Day one. Okay, Joshua, what's the plan? The military leaders come to him. What's the plan? I got my gear. Let's fight. Let's go. Day one, uh, guys, um, here's what we're going to do. We're going to walk around the city one time. That's it. That's it. Like, you know, you know, this is why I like Joshua. He's thorough. He's thorough. He wants to check things out. He's thorough. He wants to analyze things. Very smart. Very smart, Joshua. Let's do that. Let's do that. Day two. All right, Joshua, we're back. Let's fight. We got our gear. Let's go. What's the plan? How are we going to get past this wall? Um, we're going to do the same thing we did yesterday. Like one lap around and don't say nothing. You know what, though? Yeah, that's great. That's great. Like, I appreciate Joshua. Like, he's really thinking that he wants to have a good plan. We're, we're checking things out. Day three. And you know people, right? What's the plan, Josh? I don't even call it Joshua anymore. Josh, what's the plan? We're going to do what we did yesterday. Yep. And you know, by day three, they're going, is this for real? We just spent 40 years walking. See, there's a difference when you're walking in disobedience and complaining and prolonging your journey as opposed to walking in obedience even when it don't make sense. They both look like walking in circles. But when you're walking in obedience, you're saying, God, however you want to win the victory, I'm willing I'm going to shut my mouth. I'm not going to complain. Maybe you're here today and you're on day five. And nothing is moving. And nothing is changing. God wants you to know. He wants to know today. Can you keep walking? Can you keep walking? Can you keep serving? Even when you don't get the recognition. Can you keep trusting? Even when you don't get the miracle on your timetable. God wants to tell you to don't stop walking even when the wall's not moving. Shut up and keep walking. And I want you to know today that God's silence doesn't mean he's not working. See, growing up in Pentecostal churches, I used to think that Jericho was all about the shout. Because Pentecostals, we like to shout, right, Jimmy? Like I grew up in churches where like we would do this. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but we would all line up and start a Jericho march around the building. Anybody grow up in churches like that? Yeah, crazy people. And, and as a kid, as a young kid sitting in church, like I, just honesty here, I used to think this is the dumbest thing. Even as a kid, this is because I've read the story. I've read the story about Jericho and the walls. And once we hit that seventh lap, do we know we're on the inside of the building? 
Like, I believed in this. And we started to shout. If this building falls down, we're in trouble. We're on the inside. But here's what we've done. We've reduced Jericho to a shout. Like, honestly, if that was it, they should have walked up to the wall on day one and said, ah! If that was it, if it was just about the shout, anyone can shout on day one, right? Anyone can shout after seven laps, but can you walk and shut up? Can you trust God? See, this is faith. Faith is walking and trusting, even when I don't see evidence of it, even when it's not on my timetable, even when the wall hasn't moved. But after day six, they lifted up those ram's horns. Joshua gave the command. I want you to know, you can shout a whole lot louder when you've been quiet for a long time. Like, I don't know who this is for today. Maybe, maybe it's just for me, but maybe you need to shut up and you need to keep walking with God. Maybe you don't realize that you're on lap six and you're about to receive your breakthrough. That wall will come down. Just shut up. Anyone can shout after the seventh lap, but can you walk and you shut up when you don't see change? See, the enemy wants you to believe that if the wall isn't moving, then God isn't moving. Yeah, I I have never in my life, um, I've never in my life done a sit-up and an ab pop right out. I wish it worked that way. I would do sit-ups every day. But anyone that has has had any transformation physically will tell you that it takes months of walking and working and salad instead of crumble cookie and, and walking and working. And then all of a sudden you walk past a mirror and you're like, hey, is that me? You're shocked. And the victory just hits you, right? And you're like, whoa, who did? Often it's, it's the same in the spirit. Don't let the fact that the wall isn't moving make you walk away. Could we for a moment just in this room, just have every every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe today you're here and, and you're on your last lifeline today because your wall hasn't fallen down on your time schedule and you're tempted to walk away or you're about to walk away. God wants you to know today to don't stop walking. Don't stop trusting. If that's you in this room today, and would you just, would you just lift up a hand and say, that's me. That's me. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Things are difficult. Yeah, there's several of us. There's a bunch of us. Yeah, there's a bunch of us in this room. Don't stop walking. Don't stop trusting. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for everyone in this room who's willing to be honest to say that, man, things are difficult right now. The enemy's attacking. I'm struggling. I'm tempted to walk away. <laughs> 
But God, I know that your promise is on the other side. And I know what you've promised, you don't take away. I thank you, God, that you're with us, that your comforter is with us and walking with us. Head still bowed, eyes still closed. And you're in this room too. And, and maybe it's your first time here or, or I don't know, but if you're here and you, you'd like to give your life to Jesus, either the first time today or maybe even the first time in a long time. Maybe you say today, Pastor Jeremy, I, I need to give my Jesus my life. Would you just lift up your hand in this room? Like you don't have to be perfect. Thank you. Thank you. You don't have to be perfect in this room. No one, if, if church was only for perfect people, this would be an empty place. Just come as you are. Let's do this as a church together. Um, would you guys pray with me? And uh, we're all gonna pray this prayer together. Would you, everyone in the room, repeat after me? Say Jesus. Say it again like you mean it. Jesus, thank you so much for loving me enough to be my victory. Jesus, I know you paid the price. You died on the cross and got up from the grave for my sin. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can live for you. My only response is surrender. All of me for all of you. Give me strength to trust you every day. Give me strength to keep walking even when it feels like the wall's not moving. But Lord, I know you already have a place of victory prepared for me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Can we celebrate our friends this morning? Um, so here's, and I didn't necessarily, I guess I should have planned this part, huh? Um, here's what I want to do today. And I believe that there's, there's people in this room, many of us raised our hands about, um, that we're, maybe you're fighting a battle. Maybe you're going through a struggle. Maybe there's some things in your life that you just need someone to agree with you in prayer with today. Could I have everyone stand with me? And if we have a, a prayer team, if you guys would go ahead and come forward. Um, we're just gonna believe with people today. We're gonna pray with people today and we're gonna believe um, that God is who he says he is and he can do what he says he can do. And so um, there were many of us in this room who raised your hand and maybe you didn't, but maybe you know you need to respond today. Um, we're just gonna take a moment and um, I guess... Yeah, I guess we can uh, we can pray. And uh, if you need prayer today, I just want to ask you just take a step of boldness and you step forward. Step forward, grab one of our our um, prayer people this morning, and and we want to believe with you uh, today. Um, I'm gonna pray. While I'm praying, you should just start to move. And uh, and let's let's agree together in the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father. We love you, God. I just thank you for this church. I thank you for this these people. I thank you for speaking to us and 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 moving in our hearts this morning, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you're you're bigger than any obstacle. You're bigger than any wall. 
You're bigger than the water and the things that we face, God. We, we trust you and we believe in you, God, and we know that you can move. God, I just pray this morning that we're gonna see breakthrough in many people's lives. Lord, I just pray that, that your Holy Spirit is gonna fall in this room and people are gonna be, be touched and changed and challenged by you this morning. Lord, I pray that you're, you would move in this place as people just begin to respond, people begin to step forward in full faith that you're gonna move today. God, we trust you. We believe you. We need you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen, amen. As, as others are continuing to pray, um, if you need to leave, you can do so quietly. I pray that you have the blessed day today. I pray that the chiefs win today. Um, I pray that you have an amazing Sunday with your family and we love you guys. We wanna invite you back next week. If you wanna volunteer in kids' church, see me. And uh, we love you guys though. Thank you for being here today. Have a blessed day as you're dismissed.